0: Hello and welcome back to this episode of the Peak Results Academy podcast. I'm your host Rich Fournier and in this episode I sit down with Riz Jadavji. He's a two-time Red Diamond Award winner with Royal LePage in Kitchener, Waterloo. Now the Red Diamond Award represents the top 2% of real estate agents of 18,000 Royal LePage agents across Canada. Now Riz has been selling real estate since 2004 and in this interview, He shares with you some of his trials and tribulations that he experienced on his way to attain the Red Diamond Award. So here we go.
1: Have you ever wondered why some people thrive in all areas of their life? Welcome to the Peak Results Academy podcast with your host, Rich Fournier. Each week, we interview industry experts who consistently dominate in the fields of health, business, and beyond. Our mission is to share their personal struggles and strategies so that you can create your own peak results. Welcome to... Good morning, everybody. Rich Fournier here for the Peak Results Academy podcast,
0: and I'm very excited to have with us today Riz Jadabji from the Ritz team at Royal Page Woolley Realty Brokerage in Kitchener, Waterloo. Um, we have Riz with us today because he has um, demonstrated some peak results in his real estate business in Southern Ontario. Um, he has attained the Red Diamond Award with Royal Page, which is, which is the top 2% of over out of 18,000 real estate agents with Page across Canada, it's a huge accomplishment. Uh, he's been the one, number one sales guy for his brokerage for I think over 11 years, and we're really excited to have him today to share with us some of the reasons why he's created a peak result in his business. So thank you, Riz, for and welcome to the show. My pleasure. Yeah. So you've been in the real estate. You're actually a legacy real estate professional. Is that That's correct? correct.
2: That's correct. Yeah. My father uh, served 32 years uh, with Royal LePage, same company. Um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of ironic because uh, his broker, uh, Dieter Woolley, uh, who started the company in 1977, my dad was with him. Uh, I grew around the company. So, I mean, they knew of me as a child growing up uh, with a father in the business. And now I'm actually uh, in the same company and my broker is his son, Mark Woolley. So, Wow. Yep.
0: Yep. I love how you said he served in the business. Oh, <laughs> so the yep. Military, he was doing a good job. Okay. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's great. You know, we don't, um, I haven't chatted with very many legacy real estate agents, um, okay. professionals. Um, as you're well aware, this podcast is about trying to figure out what's, what enables somebody to create a peak result, whether uh-huh. it's in real estate, whether it's in their health field, whether it's as a professional in another business, whether it's a peak result in anything in someone's life, that's what we're really trying to figure out. And uh, so you actually had a career prior to real estate though. Is that correct?
2: That's correct. Yes. I, uh, I actually was um, kind of diving into my entrepreneurial skills. Uh, I'm an accountant by trade, but I just couldn't see myself sitting behind a cubicle in a company. Uh, While I have done that for a period of four years, um, I just found myself, uh, you know, throughout high school, I worked at a lot of, uh, restaurants, and I think uh, cooking was my forte. I ended up uh, opening a successful coffee shop, turned into a restaurant uh, in the town of Stratford, which is about thirty minutes west of Kitchener. Um, that took about ten years of my life, and I have to say, uh, the people I met, the networking I did, uh, I've had some great success with that. So it was it was a period of my life where, you know, yes, long hours, um, seven days a week. But I culminate uh, even things that I do today, uh, which I look back then. Because remember, real estate is like running your own business, right?
0: It is, and it's twenty-four hours a day, seven That's days a right. week for most of us. There's been a select right. few that have designed their business around their life. Exactly. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, very few of us are able to um, have done that. Um, so when you look at, you know, your business, so you know, someone might someone might say. Now, you know, someone's say, like, well, you know, his dad was in the business, you know, for a long time, he just took over this database. Um, in my experience, most legacy children who take over something or are involved with something mess it up. Okay. They, or they don't have the, you know, the work ethic. That's right. That the original person had. That's right. So you've been able to, you know. I'm sure there's been some residual business, but you've been able to expand upon that and grow it and, and, and make it better. You know, why did that happen? What, like, what allowed you to have the mental capacity to continue on and grow and expand and become better?
2: So when I entered uh, in 2004, um, my father was still within the business. And by no means did we uh, join at that point as a team. He was still quite individual in his and I wanted to make a name for myself. So uh, I knew when I joined, the biggest advantage that I can say I had was having probably the best mentor, your father, uh, having been through it for many years. So uh, when I came to any hurdle, he would be my first recourse uh, to say, what do I do next? So I think that was advantageous uh, you know, to me personally. Uh, but growing in this business, I mean, you know, everybody looks at it more from an individualistic approach where where do you see yourself like do you want to ride the coattails or do you want to make something of yourself and i think early on that was my settling where i said if i want to uh stay in the business for long term then i think i need to develop those goals and one of the things that i started doing which was advice from him was don't look after the 20-year goal look after the five-year goal first and once you reach that move on to the next one. So I think what I did for myself was breaking it into increments. I mean, he had a great reputation in the business. So that kind of followed, I guess, uh, you know, when you have a father and son relationship, people know, okay, well, now the son's coming in as well. So hopefully he's got the same business ethics, right?
0: Right. A hundred percent. When you look at it, our world, you know, less, you know, real estate world, <clears throat> you know, somewhere between 85 to 90 percent, um, leave the business, you know, over the, you know, within five years. That's right. I think it's less than that. I think that they've already left the business after the first year. They just keep their license for another four years. That's um, right. <clears throat> what made you stay?
2: For me, it was more uh, along the approach that, uh, you know, for joining real estate, um, it, it was, I was ready to give up within the first two months. It was my broker, uh, Dieter Woolley, who actually said, uh, you know, you need to strive for the best that you can do and business will come, right? Um, it's, it's an easy rule to follow, business will come. but What does that mean? I, I know, business shouldn't just come, right? It doesn't fall in your lap. But again, I think the biggest thing for me was, um, you know, at the time I joined, uh, we had just had our last child. So for me, the forefront was how do I produce a successful career out of real estate, um, you know, and I better learn to do this quick or I need to find uh, another career choice. As I said, I did do a tenure after our restaurant uh, closed. Uh, we actually sold the restaurant and I went to work for a uh, insurance company um, for about four, four and a half years. So, you know, again, was my passion sitting behind uh, a desk doing a day-to-day nine-to-five job or – did I want to get out there and still use some of my flexibility uh, you know, and, and create something? And I think my business tenure really helped me out with the entrepreneurial skills that I gained um, you know, to kind of create a good business plan where I wanted to see myself, um, how could I do things much differently than everybody else was doing,
0: right? Right, right. Sorry, just making a note here. So when you, um, So I hear this a lot, work hard. Work hard, play hard. Yep. work hard, work hard, work hard. What does that mean, work hard? Like, this is the, like, I want to push a little bit. If you don't mind, yeah. you've had great success. I want to try to get into the granular aspects of the business for you. But like, what does work hard really mean? And I, and people say this to me on a daily basis. And I'm like, well, what does that mean for you? Yeah.
2: So working hard, um,
0: you know, when you're the first person
2: uh, when the office opens at 9 o'clock, you're dressed up in a suit ready to go. Um, you know, I think a lot of it is, uh, you know, and my broker will attest to it, where, you know, you're in, the, you're in the office in the morning. You're trying to make the most of your day starting, right? Um, there's a lot of agents who may come in, you know, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, and start easing into their workday. And then by 2 o'clock, they're done. And, okay, now what do I do tomorrow? Uh, For me, it's always been, you know, get up, get your day planned. Uh, If you have to meet with uh, four people, get organized. You know, I'm one of those people who likes to have all my ducks in a row. So when I know I have three listing appointments in the evening, I'm spending the better part of my day trying to get to know that area. So, uh, So I'm not just running out of the seat of my pants. And I think, you know, the working hard aspect of it is, you can only make a good cookie with the amount of sugar that you're going to put into it. Right. And for my business strength, I look at it this way. I mean, the more, the more that I can put into my business, it'll show at the end of the day when I'm really prepared sitting across a cellar and explaining to them, uh, you know, and they're, they're wowed that I know everything about the schools, everything about the location um, and that they even have a Tim Hortons right nearby, you know, So I think I think that goes a long way in working hard. You want to make sure that everything that you do has an aspect of putting every little thing you can to get that success out of it.
0: So you mentioned that you need to be educated about the area that you operate in. That's correct. Yeah, extremely educated. Question: Like you, you mentioned that two months into the business you wanted to quit. Exactly. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, that's great. This is what our people want to hear. That's right. Listen, you, you know, you, oh my God, I've done all this business, but let's be honest, there were moments of insanity together, And this yeah. is, so two months in, wanted to quit. And what did you do to pull yourself out of that, you know, psychological abyss?
2: So I think many, many people join in the business with the intention uh, that, oh, look, he's doing so well, I can get my real estate license and I'll do well as well. Um, I think the biggest misconception in real estate is the get rich quick, right? I think you really need to work hard at it. It's it's no different than a painter with a canvas in front of him. He has that vision or foresight of what he's gonna paint. He just doesn't take his brush and start painting and say, oh, let's see what comes out of it, right? right. So I think at the uh, you know onset, Uh, my obviously being more on the front line of an entrepreneurial business for about, you know, 10 years coming into real estate, I did have a little bit of the misconception thinking, Oh, you know what? Dad's in the business. This is going to be a piece of cake. And then coming into it, um, the first few weeks and you're sitting by your phone and the phone doesn't ring and you have to realize I have to make it ring. How is, how is that going to happen? It's almost like making it rain, right? Uh, We can't just wake up in the morning and say, okay, let's make it rain. Um, And that's the biggest thing for me was I had to take that outlook in my first two months. Obviously, you know, I got the wind of the training, everything else. But I said, you know what? I have to get out there and find out what my niche is. And the biggest thing for me in my first year, um, of course, we could do it back then. Maybe not so much as now. But I used to go after the private for sales because I developed a niche. I developed some sort of a package, and uh, in my first six to eight months, I started just reeling a lot of the private for sale business in. Which you know, in some cases, people started mentioning uh, you know that I was uh, Risbo because the common term was Fisbo, <laughs> right? So again, I mean, there again, just a, a pun on words there. But you know, it, it made me realize that you know I I had to develop a system for myself, and that's why even 15 years now, um, over the years, I've created many systems which which have really worked. And you know, when something works, you try not to fix it, but you enhance on it, right? You lube it a little bit, move it forward to how the business is supposed to run.
0: So you, so really, how you got started was really working with Fizbos or for the for sale by owners who were right. under a contract with a registered brokerage no no i was with Royal. no no meaning no, sorry like those bizbos, there weren't they weren't they were for sale by owners exactly they weren't registered Right, they're trying that's to sell right. the property themselves
2: that's right yeah yeah and- we were not soliciting others but again uh mainly just creating an approach where uh you know back in the day you could actually knock on the door even if you did see a, a for sale by owner sign Um, and, And it was all in how good you were in translating the message of why they should be on the MLS system versus selling their own. And my methodology was not like what everybody else was using, oh, let me put it on MLS, I'll get you more exposure. My methodology was more kind of agreeing with them and appreciating the fact that they took the initiative to sell their home privately. And I think more people agreed with that and let me in their door so that I could look at their homes, evaluate it on my perspective, and not just use a line like, I think I have a buyer looking to buy your home. you know. So I think a lot of those customers were uh, kind of intrigued that here's an agent, he's come with his homework, he's walked into my home, and I think he's the one who's going to sell my house. Right. So how could I convert them? That was the main thing.
0: Got it. Um, I mean, there's definitely a period of time where you're not getting paid exactly and when you especially when you start and sometimes even when you're in the game for a while that's right. Um, things happen but you had um it sounds like you were married when you got started you right. had how many children i now
2: have three children
0: and uh, what like how did you transition from zero income yeah. paying bills mortgage rent, right. feeding kids doing that like how did that occur?
2: So when I first started, it was uh, you know, a culmination of where, where I saw this business going. And, and I said to myself, in the first two to three years, I have to make sure that I keep enough money aside to run my business. And I mean, obviously, having a business of my own before, I knew what day-to-day operations would be like. And I wasn't the Person in the first couple of years that was putting a lot of advertising. Uh, I was putting maybe one ad every month thinking, oh, let me see if I can get something out of it. Um, I knew the facet of advertising was more consistency, but I took a level period of probably about two years uh, to get into the game and get my uh, work ethics there. Once I started developing a great knack for the business. Like the first year I was rookie of the year with our office. Uh, It was great. I mean, culminated a lot of deals. Um, The second year I kind of said to myself, okay, this is great. I think I can, I can really do this. And from that point forward, I started looking at a plan of how I could actually spend money to advertise my image out there. So that's what I did. I started working with a lot of the uh, media publications, uh, mostly print at the time, Um, at that point, I I made some good decisions and made sure that my face was there every week. Day in, day out, people could see that I'm selling homes. And I think that's where I led myself into more of a uh, marketing approach where how people can actually engage with me. And I think, as I said, print media uh, was huge back when I started, but then I started getting into different mediums Uh, like billboards, radio, TV, as people started to get to know me, I thought, okay, wait a minute, Kitchener-Waterloo, I need to be uh, on the forefront, and uh, if I'm doing this well every year, I think a certain portion of my income has to go towards my business. I can't just say, you know, let's put it aside, let's take three trips a year, and and away you go. My business will just come. That's not the way it should work, right?
0: What percentage of your revenue would you have – um, put towards advertising, say, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth year and versus what you do today?
2: Uh, in the beginning, I was putting a heavy chunk. I would say it was it was about probably about 40 to 50% of my, my income was going back into because I had the mindset of, you know, you have to spend money to make money. And at the end of the day, I, I knew that, you know, there would come a time where once the branding uh, reaches you to a certain level, the phone starts ringing, and then you can cut back. Uh, at, right now, I don't do a lot of print uh, advertising. I think there's only the one magazine that we follow within our region uh, where I still advertise. Uh, but mostly, it, it's done on social media. Like I took a whole social media calling a few years back, especially when we started branding the team. Uh, and then now, even the buses, the billboards, everything else are culminating with that branding. So I think for me it's more of the uh the branding image so it's more like people see the race team and they associate that uh with whatever,
0: right? Got it. Got it. <clears throat> now is are you still around that 30 to 40% in terms of spend on ads?
2: Um I've I've lowered it a bit. I find that throughout the year there're certain times of the year uh where I will probably leverage a little bit more. Uh, we find that uh, you know every every region has its own time period. And I mean, obviously with this pandemic situation, uh, we've spent advertising before, but I think we've just, uh, I think this year we've used it in a light where we can actually engage with our clients a little bit more. I think this time has actually given us a lot of time for for reflection, a time to sit down, uh, look at our databases more clearly, where we can clean things up a little bit. But uh, but yeah, I, I did cut back a little bit uh, on the advertising. I think for the most part, when you're running any business, uh, if you take an example of some of the uh, bigger, larger businesses out there, um, not sure if I can mention, but McDonald's, Tim Hortons, I mean, even today with their branding structure, you find that their advertising is still out there. It's not that they've made and now they don't have to advertise because the number one rule with uh, consistent marketing is if you're there in front of the consumer, they'll remember you, whatever it is, whether it's a magnet coming to them, whether it's a calendar coming out at the end of the year or whether they see your billboard, but they should see something of you to remind them. I think constant a reminder. And I think that's why the bigger companies are still branding themselves
0: today. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, when you look at, so it sounds like your role has changed. Um, over the last, I think, four years is when you started to develop the team. That's right. And uh, how many team members do you currently have today?
2: So currently I have one team member who's been with me for almost, she's running into five years now. Okay. Uh, it's gonna be five years this, uh, this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, we started off with a team of three of us. Uh, one uh, went on to uh, Matt leave. We have a full-time executive assistant. And uh, another agent actually went to a different company. The nice thing about the growth of the team is I wasn't one of those agents who said, okay, here's my team, let's flip on the switch, let's get 20 people together so we can have meetings five times a week because I know that no work is going to get done. My concept was let's create the systems, let's have a great knowledge base, let's have ideas in place so that when we start recruiting agents, we actually can sit down and look at this as being a business to move forward and not just a stagnant business. Because remember, I, I look at this as being just my last 15 years as being a combination of myself creating my image brand and now creating the team brand. And I think where I'm going for the next 15 years would be uh, to make sure that I can get a good group of individuals together and uh, and look forward to maybe some planning down the road, maybe some uh, an exit plan where, where I know uh, I could leave this business to somebody else,
0: right? And and that's a whole that's a big conversation. Exit that's strategy. That's uh, I think I've seen it happen maybe twice. Yeah. Um, yeah. A real exit strategy, and um, that that's definitely a, a granular part of our conversation that we can have. When you look at our industry, and we look at your mindset, um, what do you do on a daily basis? on a daily basis to keep your mindset in a place of production and consumer centric focus.
2: Okay. So I'm always one of those agents who likes to keep up uh, with what's going on. Um, You know, I hear stories a lot of times where uh, you know, I may be talking to other agents and they didn't know that a certain property may have come up two days ago Um, or, or I'll hear the talk oh, you know what, we lost out on a listing because I just didn't see it and I couldn't recommend it to my clients. I still think that this business is about grassroots, making sure that you wake up in the morning, uh, you know what's on the system, you know what you can actually sell to your clients. Um, We have conversations every day, like I meet different people, Uh, I may have talks about certain types of properties that somebody's looking for. It's not just about meeting somebody and selling them something, But it's kind of having a Rolodex in your mind to say, here's John, we talked two weeks ago. If something comes up, let me know. So I think for me, it's not so much, let's look at the business at hand today. I think what gets me going is the fact that the people that I've met, the people I've come across who have actually said, if you ever come across this, let me know. Well, they're relying on my expertise to know the marketplace. They're relying on me when a property comes up to actually send them that email and say, hey, John, look what's actually come up on the marketplace. Did you want to have a look? And I think with that said, uh, that shows my clients that I'm actually doing things from the back end. I'm not just waiting for them to approach me. Hey, can we see this property? The other side of it is technology. I think the biggest thing is we know over many years, You know, I mean, obviously, uh, we all have a phone attached to our hips and we use our phones every day. Most of our business is conducted on our phones or our laptops. Um, And I think that's the granular in our business is the technology. And I think as we move forward, it's only going to get more and more in terms of how many apps we have to deal with. Um, You know, what can we do to make things faster, uh, not just better. And I think even during this time, I think I was reading somewhere that, uh, April was the highest month for, uh, for Zoom that, uh, you know, people started using Zoom, right? Which it's a great connection base, but I still think this business is about um, communicating face-to-face and having that body language. Although, I mean, we can still see each other on face-to-face, but I think when you're selling uh, or buying your most invest, uh, biggest investment, I think that's the biggest thing you want is that kind of feel approach
0: to one another. That's right. What would you say would be the top three things that um, a new agent would have to focus on um, to, to not only get started, but to survive the first couple of years and then to set them up to thrive?
2: Yeah, so any new agent, uh, you know, coming into the business, I would have to say that uh, the biggest thing you want to do is have a plan. Set yourself in a plan basis where you know Uh, exactly like I said previously, how much money can you uh, spend on your business? Um, Many agents I find who come into the business, um, they get excited when they get a listing or they get excited when they make a sale. Uh, The first question might be, uh, you know, when is payday? Uh, Once you get that paycheck, yes, between now and then, you've already made so many expenses. So I think one thing to tell a lot of new agents would be, make sure you have a plan in place as to what you're going to do next. The other thing is from the get-go, I think somebody has to come out running uh, with some sort of uh, an advertising budget, some sort of a branding budget. Uh, This business is about how you can succeed with the clients that you know, but then how do you find clients that don't know you? And I think the most important thing is, even a small ad in your local newspaper or getting a group of new agents together and having a full page exposure, everybody puts a little bit in. I've always, uh, I've always said to new agents, even at our office, you know, if you can't afford to advertise in the first little while by yourself, get some group shared advertising going. It gives you more presence. Um, you know, People see this, you know, that you're part of four agents advertising on a page, And I think that gives you the branding that you need. Uh, The business is not trying to be uh, a secret 007 agent. You have to be out there. You have to get yourself out there. Even if it's a face to the name, people want to see that. Um, The easiest method I I would explain to anybody is make sure that you spend some time, create a social media presence. I think more and more people... Uh, out there right now are are starting to shop and we know the numbers are high probably about 85% of people go online before they even engage a, a phone call so if you can get your social media presence going i think that's half the battle and uh, that's where your communication is going to start
0: got it is there anything new on the horizon that you are doing that's um, exciting and that you feel will um, fill your pipeline to um, a, a better degree than you've ever done in the past.
2: So we've uh, we've started using technology uh, in terms of there's many companies out there. Bomb Bomb, um, you know. Again, uh, there's quite a few companies that offer the video tools. We use a company called Vidyard. They're actually a local company. Uh, it allows us to do short videos. Um, and embed them right into our email. So you're not actually sending a client an MP4 file. Many people don't like to click an MP4 file in their email uh, just for the sake that it might be a virus or something. Um, But we've culminated this to actually give us a little bit more of an in-depth touch, Uh, maybe not so much to new clients, but getting back to some of our past clients. Um, You know, it's a nice system where, You know, every now and then somebody somebody you've dealt with opens up their email and here's a little video with their name marked right on it, Um, you know, and away you go. It's a short 50-second video, hi, how are you doing, Uh, you know, we, we had done business two years ago, hope you remember. And So I think it's a touch base point and I think that's where the technology has really led us to get more closer with our connections. Um, We all have CRM programs, uh, which we use, um, you know, where we can actually keep our database and every now and then, you know, send out cards and anniversary cards and stuff like that. But I think the approach nowadays is how you can be on the forefront of technology and still make sure that your clients are kept in contact with. I think that would be the biggest thing that we're reaching towards um, in more engagement with video as well.
0: High touch. High touch through technology. Okay. What you're saying? That's right. yep.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Because video definitely um, it's, it's the number one way to communicate. I mean, that's right. We're trying to now. We're trying to do one for our own real estate stuff. We yeah. full full video production every single week of what's currently happening in the marketplace, and that's awesome. Yeah, database, and then and then you know subsequent FaceTime calls and that's you, know, right. <laughs> try, you know, I, I feel that. Um, there is a grind to the business that some people aren't aware that they have to do. You really, really have to reach out to people. That's right. That's you right. Really yeah, because if you don't, I'm yes. going to do it and I'm going to capture them. Yeah, and that's the
2: thing. I mean, whichever region you're in, I mean, remember that there's, it's not just you, you have to think out of that box, but there's also others trying to do the same thing so how how can you do that one step ahead you know and i think that's the challenging facet is if you look even on the general uh context of the internet uh just in your region if you type in real estate uh you pretty much know what's happening or what everybody else is doing so if you're not on the forefront of what's next i think you're going to be a couple of steps behind for sure
0: yeah. So when we came up, we didn't know anyone, and so our entire okay. business was created online. Um, okay. Ninety-nine percent of every deal I've done is is, is online. Wow. And um, so, but now you can't compete from an SEO perspective. No. You know the, no. the top ten, fifteen companies, portals, etc. Dominate that's SEO. Right. So you, as an individual team agent, to get on first page, impossible today. No, that's right. Yeah. So you have to be able to create your own tribe and then communicate with that tribe on a consistent basis in such a way that doesn't make you look like, you know, an annoying person and deliver value, which that value changes in the eyes of the consumer every single day. Exactly. (laughs) Clear as mud.
2: Well, and that's the thing. I think that's, uh, you know, I mean, we, we are in a value oriented, uh, you know, business. And I think when, when you still have, um, you know, sellers wanting to interview two to three agents, uh, that should be at the forefront, right? Is what value will you bring to the table so that you're not left out to dry, you know? Right. And I think that's the biggest thing we've got to look at.
0: Now, if someone was to start the business today, should they join a team or should they go on their own?
2: So uh, that's a very interesting question. Um, you know, I mean, we, we live in a society where, um, you know, if, if the wheel's being invented, um, you don't want to sit there and recreate the wheel. So if you're one of those people who uh, can enter into the business and say, do I want to spend the next five years of my life, uh, as technology is increasing so fast, trying to develop my own niche and kind of run after what's already been done? Or do I join a successful team who has actually taken all these systems, brought them all into one, and is going to give me a catapult to the next level? I think that's, that's, that's where a lot of new agents who I sit with, um, you know, everybody has their, their reasons, everybody joins in the business for whatever reason. And people think, hey, you know what? I think I come from this background. I think I can make this of myself in real estate. And they find out within you know, maybe one year or two years that, you know, yes, they're doing business, but probably not the business they would be doing. Um, and I think that's where you've seen a growth level of teams actually over the last many years. Uh, we've seen a lot of brokerages uh, go towards like many team concepts within the brokerage um as i said like for the longest time i was an individual agent um you know i never even thought at at any point that i was going to have a team but there there was a point in time where i said to myself you know i'm one of those people who loves to share knowledge i'm not going to put it in my back pocket and say i can do this and nobody else can do this if i can share that knowledge even with one or two or three agents and and give them the opportunity to succeed I think that I've done, uh, you know, what I set out to do. Uh, Create systems so that others could use them and also be at a level
0: where I've been or I've enjoyed, right? That's amazing. We've had some pretty good success, so we should pay attention. Um, What's the number one reason why someone doesn't produce in our business?
2: So I think the number one reason is that I think many people – Look at what they're doing now. They don't see what the next step is. Meaning, I'm always one of those people. I may have a lot of business on the go, but I don't just say, okay, let's shut the door. We've got 14 listings on the go. Let's get these done, and then we'll see what happens after that. I think the number one thing is that people need to understand that your business has to have a fluid motion. You have to continue the business. And if you continue the business without being bogged down, your business will move forward faster. Meaning you may have a lot of deals on the go. You may have a lot of buyers on the go, but don't forget that there's always something that can come next. You don't want to run your business with the operational background that, okay, I've done these three deals uh, or I'm working on these three deals right now. I'm going to finish those up and then see what's next. Well, I think you should have the foresight of what's next after that. So I'm constantly You know, making sure that even if I've got business on the go today, what am I going to do tomorrow? What am I going to do next week? What am I going to do next month? And I think with that attitude, um, you know, whether you do open houses today, you know that open houses, uh, the buyers you may gain from an open house today may lead you into a sale next month. So I think if you have certain things in place with your systems, you can convert those open house leads and have business for the next few weeks. But if you're just stagnant and you're doing only what's there today, I think that's where the biggest uh, issue comes in with new agents is, you know, they don't think about what's the
0: next step, right? Right. Um, In your opinion, as you look out over the next, you know, two, three years through COVID and beyond, what's the best way to, I hate to use the words, Lisa, what's the the best way to um, gather, attract new clients?
2: So, I mean, the marketplace, uh, of course, I mean, we've changed the methodology of uh, of business the way we've been doing it over the last few weeks. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's become more of a virtual world. Um, the nice thing for us is, I mean, we already had a great virtual platform, uh, you know, with a lot of our home selling uh, we use like the Matterport 3D virtual tours. We use a lot of the virtual tours. So, you know, that kind of culminated us into saying, okay, we still have active listings on the market during this time. How can we still safely sell real estate, um, you know, provided the, the rules that we're actually engaged with the pandemic? Um, I think once we come out of this, uh, there, there is still going to be a big need. Uh, of people wanting to sell. In the short term, I think it will be more of a market which will uh, try to re-engage where we left off. Um, As things open up, I can see more inventory coming into the market, uh, you know, as things ease up with respect to the pandemic. In the long term, I think to get new clients, you're going to have to create a scenario of how you can actually engage clients to make them think. Remember, we've all been put into this situation not realizing whether this would last two months, six months, or one year. I've had great conversations over the last few weeks where people have actually told me, had we known, we could have made some adjustments in the way we live. We could have sold our large house, downsized, but these are things we don't know about. So I think if you're gonna be smart to this, I think it's going to be more along the lines of us engaging with our clients, making sure that we can have those right conversations in knowing that if I sold a home to somebody six years ago, and let's say the kids have now moved out, it's only mom and dad in the house. That's the conversation piece that we need to have. So I think coming out of this, it's going to be more of us reaching out to our past clients, and then I think still having that medium out there so that people know we're here to help but i mean eventually you know when when you're on the front of somebody's mind if if they know of you or if they've seen you they're going to call you when the time comes but i think we're going to start seeing business a little bit more different as the uh path moves forward
0: how are you dealing with your um, current clients today in regards to covid are you actively pursuing new business or are you kind of pulling back a little bit?
2: Yeah, so we've had a little bit of a pullback. Um, you know, I do get calls all the time with questions where you know, Riz, we're considering selling, and and for the most part, we are telling people, uh, you know, I mean, if if you've if you've gained the equity over the last few years and to what your house is worth, I think we should wait a little longer, uh, just from a safety standpoint, as well as. You know we do what we do best in a thriving market, right? Uh, And if we can continue that, uh, let's wait it out for the safety of everyone. Um, Of course, there's a lot of buyers who need to buy if they've already sold their home in the last two months. We are working diligently to get them uh, into homes. We're also working uh, hard to make sure that you know, from an essential standpoint of just business that we need to do essentially and meaning. We're not out there. We can't do any open houses. Uh, you know, we try not to go and show properties which have uh, people living in them. Um, we do see listings come up right now, and that's just the way the world is. You can't you can't confirm why somebody is actually selling or why somebody's buying. Uh, surely we're in this pandemic situation, but people's needs are different at different times of the year. And I think at this pandemic situation we have seen that people are buying and selling for for essential needs, right?
0: Fair enough. No, no, it makes a lot of sense. The final objective we have is to always leave someone with an actionable strategy that they can implement today in their business. And, um, you know, for our real estate listeners, Mm -hmm. what can they do today to become better at what they do and to thrive over the next six to 12 months.
2: Okay. So I would say that, uh, you know, the biggest thing uh, would be that you really need to have your passion in check. I mean, if you've, if you've decided that, you know, this is going to be your career goal, um, you know, exactly like I said before, a painter with a canvas, right? He's not going to stop painting. But I think the biggest thing that somebody needs to know in this business is don't, look after the fact that let me get a few deals under my belt, then I'll go on a holiday. That's not the right attitude. I think you need to have the passion in this career. Um, you need to have that vision of where you want to be, make those shorter attainable goals rather than those 10 year goals. Um, you know, put everything you can towards marketing your brand. And of course your image, be the best that you can be. That might be like a commercial, I think, but, uh, you know, uh, I knew early on that I wanted to thrive for like great success right from the start of the first year. Right. Um, you know. And, and I, I said to myself, if I can do this and if things are going well, how can I multiply that? And that's what I did. So I was just following my constant work ethics, getting into the office as early as I could, uh, not to say leaving as late as I could as well, but there were many late nights as well. But I was one of those agents who said, I am not going to give up. There is no such thing as giving up in a successful real estate career. You move forward, you have those goals in mind, make sure that you have a vision. And most importantly, I have to say that I've got a great support system at home with my wonderful wife, Charmaine, and three beautiful kids. And for me, it was more of a vision of knowing that what I wanted to create for my family. And I think when Uh, You know, you you get your personal achievements in terms of the accolades that you get, uh, you know, from your sales achievements and the red diamond and everything else that I've achieved. Uh, I think that's more for a personal upliftment. But I think the biggest thing is uh, having and knowing that, you know, you've actually culminated a great life, not only for yourself, but for your family. I think that should be the thriving end of where you want to be.
0: I think it's amazing. So you're talking about making a real decision. <clears throat> right? Very few people who make a real decision about what they really right. want. And most of us don't make a decision because we don't have the confidence that even if we make the decision that we're gonna do the work necessary to attain the goal. That's right. right. Yeah, we don't have the confidence. Our self-image is kind of messed up. Um, so you're saying decide, create a vision, and then commit to the work.
2: That's right. Yeah, right. and I think many people Many people fall on their expectations, their self-expectations. I find that, you know, if you talk to people and say, okay, my goal is that I want to climb this mountain, uh, but I know the expectation is I'll never get up there, right? Right. But until you harness yourself with all the equipment and all the tools that you need, you're not going to make that step to get up to the mountain. And I think that's where you have to have that vision is how you can get to the mountain.
0: I love it. I love it. Um, I really appreciate you. I mean, you've um, you've had an amazing career. Um, I'm assuming that career is going to continue for another 15 years, and then hopefully that exit strategy more is is more or more. <laughs> yeah. uh, and um, I appreciate you taking the time. Once you give it, you can't get it back. Uh, you. You've. Um, how can people reach you if they want to do some work with you? If they're thinking of joining a team, or if they're thinking of, of maybe referring someone down in the area? What's the best way to reach you?
2: So the best way, um, and I've got quite a few buses that run in town with my uh, wrap on them. They can obviously look at that. But no, uh, from social media, I mean, uh, get in touch with us, um, therizteam.com, social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, we're all over. If there's any agents out there who are looking to make that change and get onto a team which has systems in place, uh, we might be the right fit for you. I'd love to sit down, chat with
0: you and uh, make your business grow. That's what it's all about. I really appreciate you very much, Ritz. Have an amazing afternoon. wish you the best through this craziness, and I look forward to connecting with you in the future.
2: That's great. Thanks very much for the opportunity.
1: Thanks for tuning in to today's show. If you like what you've heard, and you're interested in seeing if you are fit to work with Peak Results Academy, here's what I want you to do next head over to peakresultsacademy.com slash call. That's peakresultsacademy.com slash call and book an appointment to speak with our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about 45 minutes and get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, what do you really want out of life and your business? Number two, what is not working for you today? And number three, the exact strategy you should be using to create massive change in these areas. Remember, changing your life and creating massive results does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. We're helping clients all over the world create peak results in their health, in their businesses, and in their personal lives. To see if we can help you do the same, head over to peakresultsacademy.com slash call. We'll chat soon.